1: What's up guys and welcome to the uncontested post game podcast. This is your host Jacob aka The Thunder Mob. And boy am I in a good mood. This evening I had some chicken tacos. I watched the Thunder win a basketball game and I had some cheesecake sopapilla. Some I said that backwards. Sopapilla cheesecake. That sounded dumb. I'm sorry. It's like 11 o'clock at night, and I'm tired. What a absolute incredible win by the Thunder this evening. 117-112 over the Houston Rockets. If I polled everybody at halftime, I think like 5% of you say the Thunder win this game. Down 22 at half. Thunder roar back in the second half and win. I can't really say anymore, like, is this in the conversation for like the best Thunder win of the season? Because the Thunder have so many candidates for that for that title because they have so many wins. So that's a good sign. 117, 112. Let's just dive right into it. I have a lot of notes I want to talk about. First off, as I mentioned, the first half was absolutely horrific. That was an awful first half, and I'm sure everyone watching was like, "Oh, well, here's a loss, lose to the Rockets again." Houston goes into halftime up seventy to forty-eight. The Thunder just looked awful, right? They turned the ball over way too much. Um, I I couldn't find like turnovers by half. I think the Thunder had ten turnovers at half. I think the turnover count at half was ten to two. I could be wrong on that. If I am wrong, uh, I'm not far off though. It was like 10 to 2. The defense was not crisp. Uh, they, they fouled quite a bit. Um, they were just having trouble in the pick and roll, letting Harden get open off the top. Uh, Houston hit 12 of 27 threes. So just a hair under 50%. Probably that might be a little closer to 40% in the first half. But 12 threes in the first half. Like that's not good at all. That's, uh, that's 36 points solely off of threes. Thunder just looked bad, right? Uh, offense wasn't clicking. The ball wasn't going in the hoop. They were missing some easy looks. Westbrook looked really, really bad. Paul George got it going just a little bit. Uh, Ferg didn't do much in the first half. Schroeder didn't do much in the first half. Adams and Grant did virtually nothing in the first half or the first three quarters, and it went into halftime. That the the conversation on the halftime show, the conversation uh, on Thunder Twitter, the just the 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 overall feeling was: this is the Thunder look bad. Like they just look bad. Second half rolls around. Thunder come out. You can tell there's a little bit more energy, uh, a little more attention to detail. They're swarming to the ball a little bit more, and things start to trend the right way. Second half, Houston scores. 42 points in the second half versus the Thunder's 69 points. Nice. Thunder shot 10 of 22 from three in the second half. Again, almost 50% for the Thunder that second half, which is awesome, compared to Houston's four of 18. So Houston shoots, what, less than 25% from three in the second half, or the Thunder shoot almost 50%. Absolutely massive. Paul George caught fire from three. Ferg hit some. Schroeder hit that one where he like squatted and posed and like maybe my new favorite Thunder thing that happens. For the, the entire game, I thought these stats were really interesting too. So for the entire game, like the way the game went, like at the end of the game, I felt like, man, the Thunder got outplayed and won the game. But the Thunder shot a better percentage from the field. They shot a better percentage from the three-point line and a better percentage from the free-throw line tonight than the Rockets. In the, in the three categories of percentages, the Thunder were better at all three. They outscored Houston by 15 points off of turnovers. They outscored Houston 15-2 to on the fast break. They outscored Houston by 10 points in the paint. They out-rebounded the Rockets by 14 I mean, when you look up and down the stat sheet, the Thunder just beat the Rockets at everything on the night. Like literally, just everything. It's really impressive. Yes, the Rockets are without Clint Capella, but it was really impressive. Getting into some individual stats, Russell Westbrook did not have a good game. He just—he looked off. He looked bad. Ten turnovers for Russ. 10 turnovers, four or five from the uh, free throw line, which is nice. 10 turnovers versus how many assists do he have? 11 assists, almost a one-to-one assist to turnover ratio. Not good. Uh, that's out of character for Russ because this season he's cut down on his turnovers a bit, but his his assists are like really high. Uh, Russ shot 38% from the floor. Okay, not good. But let me tell you something the narrative is going to tell you one thing. James Harden shot 39% from the floor. So when we look at these narratives, you know, it's going to be James Harden completely outplayed, Russell Westbrook, this, this, this. Okay, Russell Westbrook had 21 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. James Harden had 42 points on 1% shooting better than Russ. Okay, Russ took 21 shots. James took 28. Harden had two rebounds one assist. So Russ had 10 more assists than Harden. Okay. 10 more assists. Um, At worst, each of those assists turned into two points. So Russ created another 20 points for his team. Harden created another two points for his team. I'm just saying, narratives are going to tell you something different. Russell Westbrook did not have a good game, but I'm not going to let like ESPN... Uh, push that James Harden played this incredible game and, and his his 30-point streak continues and this and that. Like, okay, awesome. They lost the game. And he shot... James Harden shot... What, thir- what did I say? Rush shot 38%. So Harden shot 39%. Okay? 30 points on 39%. Like, congratulations. Paul George, another absolute MVP performance. Like, You just can't say enough about this guy. Again, Harden's going to get a lot of notoriety because he had 40 points. Paul George had 45. He scored more points than Harden. He scored more points than Harden on six less shot attempts. Paul was 12 of 22, six of 14 from three, 15 of 18 from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, three assists and a steal, a plus 16 on the game. Harden, meanwhile, a minus nine. Okay, so don't give me that, that crap. Like, Paul George was the best basketball player on the floor tonight, right? Pretty much in every aspect. James Harden had to hide on defense. They were putting it on whoever they could hide him on. Meanwhile, Paul George guarded Harden the entire game. Paul George like dude he's got to be top 3 MVP candidate right now. Like if you disagree with that, like that's fine, but you're wrong. Like you can have you can have your opinion. It's 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 a bad opinion. But Paul George is top 3, top 2 MVP candidate. I mean, people are going to put Harden up there. I think Paul deserves to be above Harden. And I think rightfully people are going to put Giannis up there. And Giannis has been incredible this season. But Paul George is just He's having the best season of his career, um, and it's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. So huge night for him again. And then some of the role players. You know, Ferguson chips in. Maybe Ferguson's most complete game of the season, 15 points, four rebounds, three assists. Ferg did some stuff tonight. Like, he's been doing some different things on offense that you're like, oh, I didn't know Ferguson could do that. But he's been doing them in games where the Thunder are leading pretty comfortably against not great teams. He did some stuff tonight offensively that I was like, oh, I didn't know Ferg could do that in a tight game trying to come back against the Houston Rockets in a primetime showdown on ABC. Like there was a play where Ferg caught on the wing and his man closed out hard to contest the three and Ferguson put the ball on the floor, took two dribbles, went to the paint like he was going to go in for a layup the Rockets big man. I can't remember who was in at the time rotated to him. And Ferg just put a, put a nice little touch pass right to nerlands for an alley-oop, right? He created off the, off the dribble. He, he attacked a closeout, used his athleticism, attacked a closeout, and then hit a great, great pass that led to a three. Um, if Ferguson can start doing that stuff, like it's one thing to catch and shoot threes, you know, most of Ferguson is very much like Clay Thompson in that aspect and that he doesn't get his, his points compared to his dribbles is like astronomical, right? Ferg doesn't dribble the ball. He catches and fires, right? The ball is barely in his hands. He's got a quick trigger and you know, th- there's a lot of guys in the NBA who, if they chose that to be their game, just catch and shoot, uh, they'd be pretty good at it, you know? And I'm, I'm not trying to take away from Ferguson, but I mean, he's really good at it and he knows his role. You know, he knows the ball is going to be in Russ MP's hands most of the game. But if Ferguson can get to the point where when people close out hard on him, that he can create a little bit off the dribble by putting the ball on the floor for two dribbles and either getting to the rim or drawing defense and passing it, he's proved to be a pretty solid passer. And to me, that's, that's really, really impressive what he's doing. Three assists for Ferg is, is enormous. Like that's really, really impressive for me. Uh, Schroeder came in, especially in the third quarter and just started cooking. Schroeder had 17 points, six of 13 shooting, one of three from three point line, but four or five from the free throw line. And that third quarter Schroeder came in and man, he was just doing work. Like he, he put the team on his back for like three minutes and was getting buckets and getting fouls and getting into the free throw line. And I thought Schroeder played a good game. Like, this is the type of stuff they need from Dennis Schroeder. He played really well. Uh, Grant, Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams did not... They played a lot of minutes. They did not do a whole lot as far as offensive production. Uh, A combined 14 points and a combined 17 rebounds and one assist. Uh, Combined four steals and combined four blocks is nice. But they just—they didn't really get it going much. They didn't. Sh- neither of them shot the ball much. That's okay. I thought Adams could have worked a lot more on Fareed because Fareed just flat out does not have the size to hang with Stephen Adams. Um, Thunder didn't elect to do that. I thought early on that was going to be a mistake, but they ended up getting the W, so that's fine. Couple other role players I want to talk about: Patrick Patterson and Abdul Nader. Combined for 11 minutes and three points. Uh, Patterson, one of three. Nader, o O of two. Um, They didn't do a whole lot. Uh, They didn't get a lot of minutes. I'm going to tell you right now, don't read into that more than you should. Okay? this was the same thing on Christmas Day. Patterson didn't play in the second half at all against the Rockets. That's strictly personnel. Okay? It's just a bad matchup. Uh, Nader, you know, whenever he was out there, he got matched up on Harden for a while. That's a bad plan. And Patterson, whenever he was out there, he was getting matched up on guys like Gerald Green and guys like Iman Shumpert. And those just aren't good matchups for Patterson on the defensive end. Like Patterson can, can switch out on like a pick and roll every now and then, but they they just, it wasn't good matchups. And so it's understandable that they didn't get a lot of minutes tonight. I think you'll see those guys play a lot more on Monday against Portland because the matchups make more sense. So nothing to read in there though, in there though. Like don't don't think that Nader's out of the rotation or Patterson's out of the rotation. Uh, not the case. Just a bad matchup night. Surprising contributor tonight. Uh, Deontay Burton got in in the third quarter and a little bit, I think at the beginning of the fourth quarter, he was still in. He played a straight 10 minutes. That's it. Didn't play the first half. Came in the second half. Played a straight 10 minutes. Took one three. Missed it. But he had three rebounds, two offensive, and an assist off one of those offensive rebounds. He, he got an offensive rebound, waited for traffic to clear, and then tossed it to, to Grant for a three-point shot gave some pretty solid minutes played some good defense like he got matched up on harden a few times and that was bad but so that puts him in like you know and the other 97 percent of the league and trying to guard harden and it doesn't go well but he got matched up on chris paul a few times and i thought burton played good uh he he settled his feet down he didn't bite on all the the chris paul ball fakes and contested shots and uh, and used his body to really get in there and and bully on the boards a bit. And so I was impressed. I thought I thought Burton gave an interesting 10 minutes. And I think that leads me into talking about why Burton got those 10 minutes. Before tip off tonight about what about 3 hours before tip off at about 4:30 this afternoon, um, a report from Shams, Shams Charania of the athletic comes out that the thunder are waving alex abrinas shortly after the thunder official press release came out uh, a few other important pieces of information came out about out about that uh, number one was that the thunder and abrinas decided on this course of action mutually right they they talked together and both decided that it was best for for alex to to be waived and and not be on the team anymore and Alex elected to give back nearly all of the money that he's owed for the rest of the season. Now, caps—not cap space, but like luxury tax and stuff—I don't know how that's going to play out. But they elected to to part ways, not for basketball reasons, um, for these personal reasons, and I don't know what those personal reasons are. And I think it would be. Very very irresponsible for me to get on this podcast and start coming up with hypothesis, hypotheses, hypotheses. I think that's it about, uh, Alex Sabrinas personal issues. I'm not going to do that, but what I am going to say is, and, and I think I speak for, for Kamiar and for Taylor and for Nick and for Justin and the rest of the uncontested crew. When I say we were all big Alex Abrina's fans, um, we were really happy for him we were really excited for him this season we thought he was going to be a major contributor and up until christmas he was and i thought he was looking really good and whatever alex is going through we our hearts go out to him we hope whatever whatever it is he's okay uh these guys aren't 2k players right they're not just computer players that don't have emotions like these are actual dudes and Alex has to be going through something pretty bad in order to ask to be released from his MBA contract with, which is something people dream about and never achieve. And he did. And, you know, he has to, to, to choose to give that up, you know, has to be something serious. So our best wishes, our best thoughts, our hearts are out to him. Um, I would assume, like, since they decided on this mutually, it's not like he's getting bought out and then going to become a free agent and teams going to pick him up. Like, my assumption, and I have nothing to base this off of, but my assumption is that Alex is headed back to Spain to be with his family. Right? So it's not like he's going to go to another team. And I'm going to address it because I feel like I need to address it. Um, Danny LaRue, who is, writes for The Athletic and is on the Dunk Don podcast, as soon as Shams tweeted that, Danny said, "I don't know why the Thunder just didn't trade him like they could have saved a lot of tax money. People must have wanted an uh, an asset to take him on like that's kind of a shitty thing to say, considering the situation, and maybe Danny doesn't know the situation because he's too busy like obsessing over spreadsheets and cap space and wave and stretch but here's the thing, like the thunder weren't going to trade Alex Sabrinas, even if the other team was going to wave him that they traded him to, because if Alex is going through something like that, like the team is going to be respectful. Uh, like how bad of a PR hit, how, how bad would it look if the thunder trade Alex Sabrinas, the other team waves him, uh, they had already come to a mutual understanding with that trade partner, of Alex Abrines wanted to be out and go home and 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 whatever but then whatever these personal issues are like finally came public then the narrative would be look at what the Thunder front office does if their player has this thing wrong with them or this thing wrong with them or is going through a personal issue they just trade you away cuz they don't want to deal with your problems right it would it would create a really bad like PR issue and like the Thunder are typically really really good and considerate and and respectful, and it's very obvious that they wanted to work with Alex, and so I don't think he was ever on the trade market, right? I think they were, I, from what I understand, I think this, this play was maybe in the cards for a while. So with all that being said, the Thunder have two roster spots to fill. They're at 12 guys on roster right now. League minimum to have is 14, so they have two roster spots to fill. Deontay Burton got 10 minutes tonight in the second half in the middle of a comeback against Houston on national TV on a primetime ABC game. If you ask me to bet money, one of those two roster spots is going to Deontay Burton. Will it be a multi-year deal? Will it be just a a league minimum for the rest of the season? I don't know, but I would bet good money that Deontay Burton gets his two-way contract bumped up to a full-time NBA contract the Thunder are then going to scour the buyout market to try to find somebody else. So I would get used to seeing Deontay Burton because you're probably going to see him the rest of the season. And it wouldn't surprise me if you see him in the next season because it's very obvious that Alex will not be back next season. So I would not be surprised if Deontay Burton gets that position. So... With all that being said, sorry, I, that was like kind of like a I don't mean to make that like a tense thing or whatever. just I'm, personally, I'm just worried about Alex Sabrinas. like he seems like he's a really good dude, and that makes me really sad. And so I hope he's okay. Before we get out of here, well, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I'm going to move on to Twitter questions, but sorry, I have to talk about the final sequence of the game, okay? Because Russell Westbrook, I said, was playing a bad game. And he went into the fourth quarter, and he was 0 of 6 in the fourth quarter with, like, three turnovers and was awful. And then with about 30, what was it, 32, 33 seconds left, Thunder come out of a timeout. Uh, They are, what, down one. And Russell Westbrook makes a move off the pick and roll, splits the double team, gets to the rim, completely open, uncontested, if you will, and hits a layup, right? Huge play. Great play by Russell Westbrook. Puts the team up one. Come back down on defense. Paul George has five fouls. Paul George is guarding James Harden. Russell Westbrook's guarding Chris Paul. I believe Chris Paul, maybe it was Eric Gordon. Um, The Rockets run a screen for Harden like twice. Finally get Westbrook switched onto him. Westbrook guards Harden magnificently, gets in his face, forces a miss. Paul George gets the rebound. So Russell Westbrook, bad game. It was kind of like the opposite of of the Celtics game, right? The Celtics game, the Thunder was coming back. Russell Westbrook made all the plays to get them back and then coughed it up at the last moment and made a bad play to lose the game. Tonight, Russell Westbrook made a lot of bad plays, but the two big ones to win the game. Russ Russ comes through clutch, right? He he gets the bucket, and then he he gets the stop on James Harden. Awesome stuff from Russ. Okay, let's get to some Twitter questions real quick before we get out of here. First one is from ATV at R O M H U F Romhuff. He says, "Is this happiness, bro? I don't know if I can call it happiness because the amount of emotions that were running through my body tonight, like I went from like anger." to pissed, to, like, apathetic, to uh, rage, to excitement, to jaded. Like, it was a good win. Next is from Cade Meters at Cade Meters 1. With Russ struggling as much as he had this year, does it seem like we don't deserve PG to you guys since Russ is the primary reason he stayed? No, we deserve PG. After all the stuff we've been through, Russ is having a a rough season. That's okay. We deserve PG. Oh, our buddy Justin at OKC Tracker. How many steps could Harden realistically get away with? Five? Six? I'm going to go with four. And I'm not joking. Like, I'm not joking. I think Harden could come up with some sort of bullshit move to get four steps, and they wouldn't call him. Uh, any more twitter questions from j cub at vulgar night 297 was this more good thunder or bad rockets that's a good question jacob it's i think these questions it's always a little bit of a gray area i think the second half was definitely good thunder i think the second half was definitely good thunder any more that looks like all of them awesome well let's uh let's bump some bumper music and let's get out of here. Thank you again for checking out the post game podcast. We really appreciate you guys. If you haven't subscribed already, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, really anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're on it. Go subscribe. Drop us a five star review. <coughs> Pardon me. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore Uncontested. You can follow me at ThunderMop four hundred five. We will be back with you Monday night for another post-game edition. That will be the Thunder versus the Portland Trailblazers, numbers three and four in the West. So it should be a good one. You guys take it easy, and as always, Thunder up.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.